it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Thank you for tuning in to the Often Daunted podcast with me, Burke White. As I do every week, I'm here recording in the offseason, giving you the weekly news around the conference, some of that Indiana news, giving you a little segment, giving you a Hoosier history hit. It's uh, the formula for the offseason episodes, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, this week for the segment, I uh, actually had a very awesome guest, uh, host of the Arizona Wild Bags podcast, uh, Tyler Cole. Uh, I oftentimes listen to that podcast. I was actually turned on to it when I was just trying to get perspective uh, when we were just perspective on what they felt the Indiana Hoosiers were bringing to uh, like like the preview shows he was putting out for the uh, game in Vegas that ultimately didn't go our way. Um, but I mean, since then, I've just uh, tuned in to check out what's going on in the Pac-12. I wanted to uh, meet up with him, uh, have a little conversation and just uh, ask a few questions regarding the mindset of, you know, somebody whose team's future is up in the air. So uh, before all that, as we do, we're going to run down that news for you. So we will start here this week with that national news. Oddly enough, this week we saw a Rutgers player get snagged up by the Iowa gambling investigation. Jeremiah Williams uh, transferred into the Rutgers men's basketball program just this last season, just this last portal. Uh, Recent transfer from Iowa State. He has been charged, or uh, allegedly, uh, with tampering with records related to the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigations probe into sports gambling, Um, and that is according to a report from the Des Moines Register. Sounds like all of this is him going down for underage gambling, uh, gambling under a buddy's identity or something. Uh, Looks like you have to be 21 in Iowa. He was able to travel with the team on their recent trips to Senegal and Portugal. While he did not play overseas, this was not due to the investigation. It was due to him still nursing a uh, torn Achilles from last season in which he didn't play um, for Iowa State at all. I have a feeling the last of this Iowa investigation, um, the last of the news from it, it has yet to come out. Interesting story. Um, Yeah, these schools have to be careful with how this gambling thing is going because it has taken over this country. It's pretty crazy. Speaking of, we're brought to you by FanDuel. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, this week it was announced that Bronny James was diagnosed with a congenital heart defect. A uh, statement from the James family. After a comprehensive initial evaluation at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center led by doc- Dr. Murehi Chuku Murehi and follow-up evaluations at the Mayo Clinic led by Dr. Michael J. Ackerman and at Le- Atlantic Health Morristown Medical Center led by Dr. Matthew W. Martinez, the probable cause of Mr. James' sudden cardiac arrest, SCA. It is an anatomically and functionally significant congenital heart defect which can and will be treated. They continued, We are very confident in Bronny's full recovery and return to basketball in the very near future. We will continue to provide updates to the media and respectfully reiterate the family's request for privacy. Uh, Good to hear that they were able to identify the issue because that's half the problem with battling any medical issue, like anything with you. You need to know what you're dealing with. I'm glad they could find that out for Bronny. Here's hoping that we see a swift return to the game because uh, it's going to be exciting. What do you, a lot of people like to say, hey, man, that's a lot of hype for a kid to, you know, 
take <laughs> there's a lot of responsibility that comes with you know LeBron James son coming to the next level coming to division one basketball he's gonna have a lot of heat on him um and I just hope that uh I hope that he's able to continue playing I hope that he's able to get out there quickly and uh I hope we get to see him uh, suit up for the Trojans some would argue that he might not be great for the game but it brings a level of excitement to Division One basketball. The entire, I mean, Sports Center p- bring more eyes to college basketball, brings more money, gets more excitement around it all. I, I don't mind it. That being said, I'm sure he just wants to get back to playing ball, and you know, y- you just got to hope for the best and uh, wish him well, wish him a swift recovery. We have more expansion talk to come out of the ACC as the ACC bigwigs uh, met Wednesday to discuss adding Cal, Stanford, and SMU. Cal and Stanford would be starting out at uh, seven to ten million dollars for a thirty percent cut of uh, the full revenue share that the other teams have. Seems like this would be to prove that they have the viewership or something. Um, while SMU is reportedly okay with foregoing any payment from the TV rights for up to seven years just for the invite to the conference, which just tells me oil money is nuts. Saudi Arabia has a lot of it, and uh, these old Texas dudes. They, they got their fair share of it back in the day. And it's so insane to see that SMU is willing to fork it over uh, just, to, just to buy the prestige that comes with uh, just the next tier of conference for them. More team hopping uh, we see continuously in the day of the NIL. As uh, Kansas to Gonzaga transfer forward Marcus Adams Jr. has reportedly re-entered the transfer portal. Um, as he says, Gonzaga just wasn't the right fit for him. Indiana had offered him out of high school, uh, very talented, and it'd be a shame to see him bring those talents uh, to the Big Ten, if you ask me. I mean, he can stay away, <laughs> as as our front court is stacked and accounted for. Um, I still wouldn't want to see him suit up in our opponents, suit up for our opponents. So here's hoping a different Big 12 school can entice him to uh, stick it to Kansas somehow. In other Big Ten news, Juwan Howard uh, got a huge pickup this week as per Joe Tipton on Saturday. News, Argentinian prospect Lee Alia uh, has committed to Michigan, he tells on three sports. The 6'9 big man averaged 17.1 points, 9 rebounds, and 2.1 blocks per game at the U19 World Cup. This is an absolutely promising addition to uh, a Michigan squad that absolutely needed the help desperately. He, it, this, this pickup means he'll be on the team for the 2023-2024 season. If you're a fan of the Big Blue, God, this guy, this guy just might have saved your season. But uh, here's hoping. I mean, our front court is loaded. Please, we have a barrage of dogs ready to deal with this guy. So, I welcome the challenge. Welcome to the Big Ten, Leah Light, Lee Aaliyah. Some Big Ten hot seat talk as uh, Truly Donovan shared his coaching carousel conference preview for the Big Ten this week on uh, BurnerBall.com that he's been writing on since uh, his Twitter just blows up and he just is the go-to guy now in college basketball. Uh, according to Trilly, <clears throat> the Big Ten has four coaches currently in the hot seat entering the season. Looks to be Greg Gard, Ben Johnson, Chris Holtman, and Fred Hoiberg. All of these check out. In the case of Ben Johnson, Minnesota is terrible. Uh, in the case of Greg Gard, Wisconsin plays arguably just unwatchable basketball. <clears throat> in the case of Chris Holtman, 
seems like he's letting down the sum of OSU's parts each season. Um, last uh, Ohio State wants to get back to the tournament, and not making the tournament is enough to <clears throat> just have that fan base upset. And for Fred Hoiberg, he has some promising pieces in that Nebraska roster next year, but Nebraska has been a program down bad for his four years. Along in that uh, conference carousel preview, Trilly brought up an altercation between Juwan Howard and Michigan AD Ward Manuel. He said after the Wolverines missed the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2015, he dealt with the very public departure of All-American Hunter Dickinson. Then his battle with Michigan admissions continued. Caleb Love was very publicly denied entry into the school over credit issues, marking the second time in as many years that he couldn't sign a prize transfer due to academics. In early June, he reportedly had a heated discussion with athletic director Ward Manuel over NIL funding and resource allocation. Add in one son leaving for the NBA, the other almost done with his college career, and you've got a recipe of a man who is ready to jump ship. And as for uh, my advice to uh, AD Ward Manuel, is when you're getting into an altercation with Juwan Howard, be prepared to throw hands because he is ready to throw hands. Just ask Greg Gard. <laughs> With that, let's get into some Indiana Hoosier news for you. You know what? I don't play it enough. I don't play it enough. Welcome to the squad. Two new Hoosiers entering the fray. Yep. We usually only play that after a victory, but guess what? Let's celebrate the little wins here in the offseason. Indiana basketball looks to be adding two walk-ons here late in the game. These two walk-ons seem to be pretty damn promising for two guys not expected to sniff the court. One of them being a transfer out of Air Force, Jordan Rayford. 6'5", 200 pounds, out of high school December 2022 uh, from Washington, D.C. He sat out all of last season for Air Force following a shoulder injury. During his time in high school, he apparently had offers from Air Force Maine and Old Dominion. Throwing on the candy stripes right along and right along with him is a JUCO transfer, Jackson Creel, 6'5 forward. He was able to average 12.8 points, 4.2 rebounds, and 2.6 assists in his time at Rend Lake Junior College. Both seem like incredible additions of not only like not only for the tougher looks they could provide the likes of Mackenzie, Caleb, CJ, and Trey in practice. Seems like these guys uh, have moat. They have the motor. I mean, signing up for it. I respect the hell out of anybody who signs up for Air Force, who signs up for those schools, um, even the athletics. I, I do think that takes discipline, and I do think that speaks to uh, a person's character. And uh, as for Jackson Creel, being able to uh, take the JUCO route, what a great step up for him. I'm um, glad to see he's willing to take the walk-on role. And these guys are 6'5". Six, 6'5 five. Six, five in practice, uh, th- th- that gives our guys better looks. That provides tougher challenges for Mackenzie, Caleb. These these guys who are going to play the three, the two, the comp. It's going to be great for the Hoosier program, and uh, I can't appreciate these guys signing up, joining the cause, throwing on the candy stripes on our behalf. Welcome to the team, boys. This week it was announced the Hoosiers would be headlining the 2024 Battle for Atlantis and uh, headlining that in tow with Arizona, Gonzaga, Louisville, West Virginia, Creighton, Oklahoma, and Davidson who uh, I think Davidson just unveiled an awful new generic cookie cutter logo, and it is terrible. But yeah, back to battle for Atlantis. What a trip. You and the family get down there to the Bahamas, 
ride that giant slide right into that great ballroom and just watch the Hoosiers throw down. That's a Hoosier trip of the li- trip of a lifetime, and I can't imagine I'm going to be anywhere in the fiscal range to uh, to <laughs> make that happen here uh, next year. But alas, I have to imagine there are plenty of plenty of Hoosiers chomping at the bit who are going to be able to make the trip, and we will travel well to there. Yeah, battle for Atlantis. What a what, it's it's great to see Indiana becoming more and more more and more prominent and uh, appearing more often in these multi-team events. We had Dick Vitale this week show Mackenzie Mbako some love as he was named one of Dickie V's dazzling dozen diaper dandies. The only other Big Ten uh, player named was Xavier Bo- was Mr. Indiana Basketball, Xavier Booker. Diaper dandies, you know, freshmen's due for a big year. And uh, I have to agree with Dickie V in regards to, M- M- in regards to Mackenzie Mbako because he's going to be asked to do a lot for the Hoosiers this year. A lot of Indiana's success relies on Mackenzie Mbako, which is a big ask for any freshman. But uh, by by all by all accounts, by everything out of camp, it sounds like Mackenzie Mbako has the motor, has the uh, self drive necessary to shoulder that kind of load for our uh, Indiana Hoosiers. And glad to see that Dickie V is giving him some recognition for next season. In some recruiting news, another week, still nothing on the recruiting front, uh, on the commitment front, I should say. Uh, with the visits coming up, you'd like to see something fall in these next few weeks. And until then, we must uh, just sit here and still wait. We are just waiting for somebody to love us back. Just tell us you love us. Come on, join the cause. There is some promise out there, though, as just announced Thursday. Anor Boateng uh, has clipped his list to six. Looks like Indiana gets to sit in the coveted final pitch spot. Uh, so barring an irrefusable offer from another program, uh, Indiana should be firmly in on Anor Boateng. If we are the final pitch, you would hope to see a recruitment following that meeting, but or a commitment following that meeting. Mike's an ap- absolute closer. I have confidence in that one. But again, that is about not re- not receiving that irrefusable offer beforehand. Uh, we have to see that final visit. Thursday, it was reported by Adam Zagariah, uh, basketball insider for Forbes Sports that Kion Anthony would be visiting Florida State, Syracuse, Indiana, and Michigan. Also reported this week, On Three's Crystal Ball has been selected for Derek Queen, so whatever Crystal Ball means for you. Um, Derek Queen to Indiana is at 62.9%. <laughs> that is such a funny number. What the hell? <laughs> 62.9% just tells you that they like their formula. This is the formula, man. It followed a formula, because how would you get that decimal without it being a strict scientific formula. You can trust the science. It's there. The decimal makes it more true somehow for me. <laughs> so ridiculous. In on three's eyes, Maryland's still hanging in there at 25% for Derek Queen, which, I mean, these mean nothing. But they are fun to bat around and contemplate here in the dog days of summer. You guys, one week away from football, we're talking about uh, on three crystal balls here. This week, three-man weave. Uh, you know, one of the absolute best college basketball podcasts out there. Uh, they showed the Hoosiers some love on X. They tweeted out this week, Congratulations, Heartland Hoopers at Indiana Men's Basketball. You've officially been punched by the countdown. It's a pivotal third year for head coach Mike Woodson, who took his alma mater past the opening round for the first time since 2016. In quotations, yikes. They continued the thread of X's or tweets. Oh. Make no mistake about it. The front line remains IU's strength, despite losing program pillar TJD and trusted sidekick Race Thompson. 
depth will not be an issue up front. Malik Renew, Kalel Ware, Anthony Walker, and Peyton Sparks should rule the paint with an iron fist. However, the times are changing, as IU's offense will no longer orbit around a generational postman. Woody loves the modern makeup of his revamped front line. Mackenzie Mbako is a microcosm of this prototype. But can the five-star blue chipper flourish in two big lineups? Despite losing Trace Jackson Davis's reliable interior D, the Hoosiers' length and interchangeability should have no problem getting stops. The defense was a little shakier down the stretch, but still checked in as a top 50 unit for the year per Ken Palm. The return of X sets the tone for the perimeter as he's quite literally IU's X factor this year. His flaws are largely overblown, but a lack of backcourt support, the Hoosiers, the Hoosiers failed to address guard depth via the portal. Could amplify the flaws coming off of an injury. It seems foolish to see Indiana improving in the wake of a multi-year double-A caliber performer, all-American caliber performer, TJD, not to mention an NBA lottery pick, JHS, walking out the door. However, the 2019-2020 season, TJD's rookie campaign is a relevant precedent. Man, they really, they break it down. God, they're the best. He continued, IU was better that year after losing Juwan Morgan and Romeo Langford, which marked a changing of the guard in the Hoosier locker room. Notably, this was, that was TJD's first year in Bloomington. Can Woody and the Hoosiers follow the same script in year one without TJD? This entire thread of tweets, like this was all in regard to them giving the Hoosiers their preseason number 30 ranking. Those guys break it down like no other. Um, I think they just released their almanac. Go check it out. It's Go check out the three-man weave. Those guys rule. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that because, that yeah, they really broke it down for, uh, that is a, yeah, great breakdown of Indiana heading into next season, and uh, I thought it should have been shared. All in all, not that much Indiana news, as is the case most weeks. No news is mostly good news, so we're going to head into that interview with Tyler Cole of the Arizona Wild Bags podcast right after this word from our sponsors, then we'll get you with that Hoosier history hit, and then we'll get you on out of here for the week. Without further ado, a word from our sponsors. All right, this week's sponsor, I just wanted to give a shout out to the uh, Hoosier Ticket Project t-shirts out there, the uh, Trey Galloway t-shirts out there. Get your goddamn shirts, guys. Pay a Hoosier. That's a, that's a part of our recruiting now. It's a sad but real truth. Uh, like, if you were thinking of gearing up for next season, as, as some of us are to do, you know, buy some new swag for the year, uh, think about buying some NIL-based stuff so that we can support this team and uh, entice recruits with, uh, you know, the payouts that these guys are getting from their cuts. You know, improved cuts look good to recruits. So go support a Hoosier. Go buy a shirt. Go do it all. It's all for the Candy Stripes, guys. It's all for the program. Also, go follow me at Often Daunted on everything. Thank you. Whenever I'm out there searching for, like, Pac-12-related news anything just uh insight i go to my favorite pac-12 related podcast soon to be big 12 related podcast the uh arizona wild bags podcast i cannot tell you how excited i am to be joined by tyler cole host of that very podcast awesome tyler- man dude you are you're buttering me up too much <laughs> oh please i'm please. like i am i i mean i like pac-12 like we've i'm not an insider but hey I appreciate those compliments, man. You are the man. <laughs> no, see, see, I, I like your show because it, it, it honestly, I, it reminds me a lot of this one because, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big 10 insider. I just follow <laughs> the, I just follow this team religiously and love the hell out of them. 
we're diehards. Like that's just we're what drunken diehards. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't thank you enough. And uh, the re, I mean, hey guys, we're talking some more conference realignment because Absolutely. I just wanted to, I just wanted to uh, ask Tyler just what the emotional roller coaster ride was. Like, I couldn't even imagine the Dude. Big Ten just falling apart overnight. It seems. <laughs> I know it was it was something like we saw it coming but to actually see the legs just give out underneath and it just come crashing down it was something unreal i mean this is the conference that at one point believe it or not was like one of the strongest in the country which is insane to say because it feels like we are eons away from when it was an absolute powerhouse you know, and then you have uh, Larry Scott denying Texas and Oklahoma and trying not to build it. And it's just like to see it come crashing down in like overnight, basically, or in all on that one Friday when all the news was dropping. We thought it was safe. We thought it was not because that's the other thing. The heartstrings were getting played that whole morning because the headlines were coming out. And it's like, are they going to stay together? Are they abandoned to stay it and, and create a, a super... Uh, they weren't going to be super, but, uh, you know, eat the West Coast and just become what I wanted was a super West Coast conference. No, I want that now. I don't I didn't want that back then. But I'll tell you what, man, it was it was a wild ride. I think uh, all U of A fans knew the inevitable was going to happen. And that was Arizona was eventually just going to jump ship when you had the media and negotiations go on as long as they did. And there was no deal done. I'd say most were just in favor for that move because it's, it had been 13 months without an actual deal. Um, and so you just look at that, you look at the pattern of management and what they've done. And it's just, they, the PAC 12 could have been so much better off, you know, into 2011, if they expanded and, you know, and they end up expanding with uh, Utah and Colorado, but it just wasn't enough to get you over that hump of being the absolute best and for a long time like i i just there was no possible way for the pack really to survive when it was managed the way it was just sucks to say but it is what it is you know yeah on that i mean it seems like you guys just entrusted it to a glorified bookie <laughs> and then... i know yeah mr vegas <laughs> we off cuff man i don't know what they were doing when they hired him i mean you go from Larry Scott to him and it's it's like, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he had a great interview, but you know what, what has he really done? You know, I, I spent, you know, my podcast like coming up with things and I really couldn't, I just, <laughs> there was nothing. It's just, it was in complete turmoil. But so I would say as far as like Arizona fans, it was a good chunk that wanted Arizona to go to the big 12. And then there was a good chunk that still wanted the pack to stay together because um, a lot of people I saw that actually worked for the Pac-12, you know, they've gone to those schools. That's that's their alma mater. You know, they love that conference. It's what they grew up with. It's what I grew up with. You know, it was the when I remember it, it was the Pac-10. Uh, you know, people remember it as the Pac-8, you know, and then we go to the Pac-12. And I don't know. It's just with this current NCAA landscape, it's it's provide for yourself or your university, which is why. You know, we see the portal going insane. We see universities jumping ship, you know, Oklahoma, Texas going to the SEC. Like, 
and then go back and go back to that media deal like especially not having any financial numbers yet through through that and you know they thought the grant of rights would just be concrete and it's they you know they asked espn uh hey i know you offered us 30 million but you want to offer us 50 million instead and espn's like no we can get we can get the big 12 for 30 million and that's what they did and so Brett Yormark, you know, he's victorious because of it. You know, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he knows where they stand. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And for him to grab, I didn't actually think they would they would grab uh Arizona State with Arizona because the reports leading up to um, you know, the official decision by the uh, Board of Regents, it had seemed like they wanted to keep the schools together, but regardless, Arizona was just like we're gone. We're going. Um, but there was, man, that was a, that was a day and a half. It felt like that, that like three hours of that one morning on the Friday. And there was all these different misleading reports coming out. It was, that was a roller coaster in itself. So man, I don't know if we'll experience a, a wild ride like that in a long time, but I am glad it's over. Cause I'm excited for the big 12. I'm not going to lie. I am. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. I mean, you have every reason to be, as far as this whole uh, Pac-12 fallout is, you guys are on the winning side for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, that. God. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, on that, I just, uh, as far as the fallout and all that, I also mm-hmm. wanted you on because, like, the Big Ten went shopping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they uh, got four items. And I, I just wanted to know what we get because, honestly, I'm like, it's nice to have this, but if – these were these big brands that are drawing all these eyes. Why was the PAC 12 in this situation to begin with? Um, Is it just LA fans don't like live sports? Is it just, (laughs) I, it made no sense to me. Takes forever to get to a game, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I just, so I just wanted to run through the four teams we're getting and uh, just see. uh, yeah, yeah, just just what we're getting ourselves into signing the yeah. Guys what on. did you buy? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, it was on sale. Let's grab it. Let's take it home. Let's yeah, look at it this later. Is, <laughs> this is Pawn Stars, and you are the creepy ponytail dude. I'm inviting in to check this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with Oregon, you're getting Nike. So you are getting, you're getting one of yeah. the the universities with money. So you got you know Phil Knight's pocketbook. Um, it is translated because they are good at football. That's and I'll I'll go over each each school and I what they're better at just in case you know you're not aware yeah, or yeah. one of the listeners is not aware. Oregon is dominant in football. They have stretches where they're good in basketball, but for the most part they're a Nike powerhouse, so they're a football school that is reigning in the money, changing their uniforms, you know, just about every week. Um you'll get a headache when you watch indiana go play at oh my Oregon. god you have that to see that is, court that floor is a monument to the grotesque man it's, it's crazy. so bad <laughs> but man you know who designed that court is like i'm a big fan of is tinker hatfield he's the guy that designed yeah, jordan's yeah, yeah, you know, yeah like the jordan one the jordan three like he's he's created awesome shoes and then you create that and it's just like dude that is that is rough. Like I get yeah. it. And it's, it's like extra bright too. Like for whatever reason, it's kind of a yellowish 
tone to their court, but it feels like it's a bright white going into your eyeballs, like into your brain practically. Like late at night, you're not going to be able to sleep because your eyes are just subjected to. Well, <laughs> just... man, when we're, when we're playing games at 11 o'clock on the East Coast, like, yeah. we're going to need that. We're going to need oh, that yeah. just, to get, <laughs> just to get to the, you know, final whistle just... at 2 a.m. Yeah, just to get, <laughs> just to stay pissed off and awake, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and as then, far as that, as far as floors go, that is the one case where less is more. <laughs> uh, exactly, absolutely. Keep it simple, keep it clean. Like I always want Arizona to put the cactus back on the court. Just keep it clean, you know. Um, and then as far as the other school, Northwest Washington, they are they are also a football powerhouse. Like. It, they haven't really been a dominant team in basketball. They have stretches where they're decent. Um, they were never insane. They always were one of the teams that competed with Arizona, like, you know, 2011 when they had um, Isaiah Thomas and they rolled that year. But they, they still didn't get um, – well, they won their Pac-12 uh, championship that year on a, you know, step-back buzzer beater from that. But other than that, they don't typically do a whole lot in basketball. Um you know, great fan base. Uh, they are, I'll say they are classier. You know, they, they know they're a bit better because they live in the Northwest, but <laughs> they're not okay. necessarily better at anything unless it's football. Okay. So, and then well, well go... Indiana, Indiana fans are well aware of Washington football as their quarterback just tearing oh, yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Left us Mike, because our Michael line Penix. didn't protect, protect him, and I don't blame him one bit. Yeah, you would not believe the amount of jokes I would see on Twitter. And I was making them myself. I'm not going to hide from it. Michael Penix, you know. (laughs) And then go down south. You got USC and UCLA. I'll start with USC. Like, their fans are as hyped as they can be about their football team. And deservedly so. You know, you got probably the guy who's going to be the number one overall pick. Um, you're going to have numerous years where they're going to have guys that could be the number one overall pick. They just are that school. They almost seem like just an NFL factory. Like guys just want to go to USC to get to the next level. But man, I'll tell you what, with Lincoln Riley, they're going to be very, very good for years to come. I, I don't know. I'm just a fan of his. I know you probably have differing opinions. Let's hear no, it. No, no. I'm saying just on that, on USC, just on the basketball side of things. Like, as far as the Pac-12, I saw it was uh, UCLA first, Arizona second, USC third this year. And yeah, then uh, yeah, projectors. Washington was down there. But, uh, yeah. like, what is the – where would you say those teams are, like, tier-wise? Like, I would say right now the Big Ten, you have Purdue and Michigan State. And, like, this year, of course, but consistently mm-hmm. they're right there. They okay, have been. I would. Crop. I would say Michigan is like right on that border of being consistently a player on mm-hmm. the national stage. They but, seem uh, to be a wild card a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like real good, real bad. <laughs> but we're we're trying to get there. We're trying to get there. Yeah. I would say UCLA has done what Indiana is trying to do in not resting on the laurels and coming back into prominence, mm-hmm. and they're contending every year. So I would say they're in that tier. But like, where does the rest of that shake out as far like Arizona? Yeah, yeah, I you're, put, getting, I'd you're put, hitting up there for sure. Yeah, as far as like basketball schools go, I would put definitely Arizona, UCLA, tier one, uh, tier two. I'd probably put Oregon. I'd probably put definitely this year, um, USC. Um, are you just asking this year? Or are you asking like all together, like 
throughout the no, years. No, yeah, kinda. like who can I rely on seeing in three years? I can depend on them three having years. a team. Like who's going to have a team okay. because they always have a team. Uh, it'll be UCLA every year. They will okay. consider, like even, like I, I even wrote down something I wanted to say about UCLA that it feels like every single year, like they could have the managers out there and they would still find a way to compete against all these teams. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter who's coaching UCLA. There is something in the water at Poly Pavilion, and they are competitive, like, all the time. They could they could be absolutely horrible, and they'll just be super competitive. Um, Oregon will give, you, will give you a hard time, for sure. Like, doesn't matter. You know, they could be... I don't know. I'm, I'm so used... You gotta, you gotta understand, like, as an Arizona fan... We always have this gigantic target on our backs when we go on the road. Yeah, of course. And to win on the road, is, it's tough in general these days. But they, these teams always want an Arizona win on their resume. So I just – when I'm saying these, it's yeah. probably a little inflated. Like, you won't get the kind of performances that I'm used to. They yeah, won't show up their, against It's Indiana, their Super Bowl. You know? Yeah. It's yeah, their, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'd put – I'd definitely put – USC is, is – has – They've been a little better lately, you know. They had Isaiah Mobley, um, and he's or what's the what's the better Mobley? He's he's the secondary one that's on this year. Or am I thinking of the right one? I get them mixed up. But they had the Mobley twins. They were solid, um, and then this year again with Bronny James and then Isaiah Collier, they're gonna be pretty good. And then um, you know we'll see who if anybody stays. You know who knows? You might have uh, Bronny James to look forward to next year if he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Here's hoping. One. Here's hoping. Yeah. I mean, I I hope I hope he's good with that uh, heart conditioner. I I hope he can see the floor. Yeah, that was scary. I don't even know what the what the latest on that is, but I mean, yeah. I, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> oh no, I was just gonna. I was just continuing the tears. I'd probably put yeah. Um, as far as because okay, I'm just trying to do the big the, the teams that are actually going into the Big Ten because you don't you don't care about the teams going into yeah, the Big Twelve yeah. as much, yeah. No, <laughs> no, and then because all the teams that are not that didn't move, they're definitely at the lower end of the tier, especially in basketball. Like your Cal, yeah. your Stanford. I mean, Stanford would have years where they're competitive, but for the most part, you know, under Jared Haas, it's like, what eight losing seasons now and he's still their coach don't get that yeah um yeah that's just <laughs> don't get that, that they're just okay with losing yeah uh-huh and then you got oregon state uh washington state just consistently hasn't been anything special utah's been a wild card but yeah other than that i would definitely say you're gonna you're gonna have close games against ucla um usc will be fairly close but if you're better you'll prevail that's the way i i've seen it um, and then Oregon is just Oregon and UCLA are just this headache. Like whenever you whenever you play them, they're gonna show up like crazy. So that's probably where I would put things as okay. far as those teams. Hey, I like that. Sounds like we might be in store for some uh, competitive basketball. Oh yeah, you def you definitely will. I mean, I know you guys are heading into the uh, Big Twelve. Just on that, what's the uh, what's the outlook on for new rivals? I mean, oh, it's gonna it's be, gonna be awesome. Kansas, Houston. Who we got? I think I think the Kansas road trip. If if they do it, so the way like scheduling works as far as like the Pac-12, we would go play Washington and Washington State. You know, on a Thursday and Saturday. So I don't know how the scheduling works in the Big 12, but I could totally see that Kansas road trip and going. You got the Wildcats of Kansas State. 
and their fan base is loud and crazy. But then you go to Fog Allen, your next game, and they're just as insane. Like that road trip is going to be insane. So I would probably say the Kansas Arizona rivalry is going to be real good. But you never know, man. The the fans of like Texas Tech, because like I got my share of uh of an experience of them on Twitter, like, dude. <laughs> Those fans are crazy. I love it. I love all these fan bases in the Big 12 because, yeah. dude, they are diehards about their schools, and I love it. Like, I live for that. On the West Coast, you didn't have yeah. it as much. It's you, easy I mean, you breezy. Had it. It's easy breezy out exactly. there, Exactly. Like, they live in paradise. They love it. Yeah, they we're really down care. bad. It's d- yeah. in, in the Big 12, in the Big 10, <laughs> it's winter. We're hunkering uh-huh. down, and we are inhaling sports. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. I live in the desert, dude, yeah. and I agree with that. You're welcome, <laughs> because it, it, it's 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 fun in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no. I'm, just, I'm just excited to see how rowdy, you know, these fans are at games, because, I mean, like, you got, for instance, like, you go to a game at USC, okay? They just, like you were saying – they don't really go to those games. Like they'll sell 3000 tickets, you know, on a regular night for their team. And then if Arizona's there, you might get 5,000 tickets and you could hear a pin drop goes from a pin drop to, you know, you hear a beer can drop. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's just not, it's just not like a priority for them. And plus, you know, who knows traffic lifestyle, whatever, they don't want to see them play, but if, but if they're good, they'll be there. See? That, we're all fair weather that fans. always the case ain't that always uh-huh. the case exactly that's what they are but we we stick with our teams you know us in the big 10 and the big 12 we love our teams and we stick with it <laughs> speaking but, speaking of somebody who didn't stick with it though that's Kira Kreisa. i need i need to hear uh, <laughs> i need to hear somebody else's perspective on Kira Kreisa. because okay. i will say as an indiana fan just yeah i want to hear game, your i want to hear your perspective game, i want to hear yours he he was everywhere in that game. He had seven mm-hmm. assists, fourteen points, all from behind, or twelve points, I think maybe. But it it was all from behind the arc, and they were all just yep. gut gutting mm-hmm. daggers. Yes, and like it wasn't it wasn't the quantity of points; it was the quality, and it was the way they were delivered. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and after like to... after all that, I was just like, <laughs> I, I surmised this guy's a handful. So <laughs> just the yes. way he left, I was just like, man, I. I I think that guy might be a handful, but damn, he killed us. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. He, like, if you ever watched, I and I said wild card earlier, but, like, if you ever watched Always Sunny and you had that episode where Charlie, you know, he'd yell wild card, and then he, he has the van, he takes the yeah, brakes yeah. out of the van, and the van keeps rolling, <laughs> and he just goes. Like, that is Kirk Carissa. Like, he, he is the ultimate wild card because he, I will say, like, you take the it's like two steps forward one step back always with him and i like i love the dude i love the fire he has for the game his passion he was so entertaining to watch and more it's a good 50 50 man i tried to take like a consensus of all the fans on twitter that were like you know you had others that were like good riddance see you later you're someone else's problem yeah yeah or, of course you're gonna him. miss you love everything you did and like I'm perfectly in the middle, you know, like I'm not, I'm not taking, you know, I'm not pleading the fifth here, but I just, you you took, you took the good and the bad and oh yeah, you lost the good and the bad. So he'd win you some games. He'd lose you some games. Like 
his his defense at times, his turnovers at times, but then you got his he'd hit that clutch basket. Like I remember uh we had college game day in town for a game against Oregon and that was such a back and forth game and then he pulls up and hits this crazy three from like the paint or like from the from the logo almost like it was a deep three and it's it's one you're kind of like no 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 yes 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 like that's <laughs> that's what it's like so like for Arizona like I will miss having him on the team but at the same watch. time it was a fun watch yeah I enjoyed it I thank him immensely for his passion and everything but as far as going into this season without Kirk Carissa for Arizona, it's a little bit of addition by subtraction because what Tommy Lloyd did revamping the whole guard rotation with now you've got Kylan Boswell, who's going to be stepping into the starting spot. Uh, you grabbed Jaden Bradley from Alabama. You also have KJ Lewis coming in who overseas just kind of came out of nowhere offensively that was going to be his question mark like he's awesome to have and then you have the ultimate wild card to replace Kirk Carissa that we were all nervous about and I'm sure you were nervous yeah, about yeah. at one point oh yeah for sure. love now, now felt, like let's hear it go ahead my whole thing is where does Michigan get off <laughs> like wh where do they get off I just wonder how they feel like their fans like are they sad he left or are they like oh cool cool like I didn't want him anyway you know like I, I wonder about that yeah. there was a one point I saw him on Twitter wearing an Indiana oh um, yeah man whole uniform oh, yeah. and everybody thought like oh he's going there uh, yeah he was crystal bald before yes. before getting uh before posting that Michigan dude side rant that crystal ball doesn't mean a thing these days yeah, yeah. we almost had uh ryan nemhard from um creighton on arizona like that was what it was heavily rumored yeah everybody was voting for him and didn't happen that that crystal ball needs needs to leave yeah like, of course of course that's the number one fraud <laughs> this week you know <laughs> yeah for sure but, but yeah with with caleb love i don't know like i'm excited the only reason I am truly excited, like, I don't get me wrong. I've seen what he can do at North Carolina. You take the good with the bad. He'll take some crazy shots. He'll make some crazy shots. But I'm trusting Tommy Lloyd in this one and saying that he's going to get through to him because I've seen some reports saying he's working on his passing. Um, you know, I liked in bits and pieces what I saw um, in the three games they played overseas just this last week. And... I'm excited because he's not he's not option number one and he knows he's not option number one and if he's kind of like your your microwave off the bench or your even if he starts if he's just kind of like, like his role is i'm gonna score i'm gonna set this offense yeah. up yep. you know when when our other two point guards don't have the ball i can live with it and it's not the end of the world yeah i honestly thought he is a perfect fit for arizona because i uh like I, I was, I was ready. I was on board with Indiana signing up for the Caleb Love experience. <laughs> but as far as what he brings to Arizona, what has Arizona lacked? I mean, the only th thing he really has on tape is a tournament run. That's yeah. the only thing he has on his resume. He's got and Arizona experience. could definitely use that. Yeah, that's honestly. the one thing they really need. Oh yeah, no. There's, I'll tell you after after watching uh, how Arizona left the tournament, we'll say, <laughs> yeah, uh, this past year, they lacked. I I had a list of like all these things they lacked, dude. They lacked experience, athleticism, just toughness overall. 
and he he provides experience. Keisha Johnson provides experience. Getting him from San Diego State was huge because surprisingly, after the first game they played overseas, man, like people were going nuts, and and like he could be he's a oh, he yeah. is actually yeah. a I, oh for, I've like, been I've been reading the oh, reports. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's been awesome, and and he could be a sleeper for Pac-12 Player of the Year. Like yeah. there's there's a few of them. Um, adding him was awesome. You know, we'll take Jaden Bradley and his toughness as a point guard. He's he's good at driving to the um to the bucket, and he's not forcing shots either. So I like what they did. Um, and then they also got a couple guys overseas, which they've got. They're really exciting. And um, Polius Moraskis, he's a he's a six eight shooter. So getting a stretch four like that, who can play multiple positions, is great. Um, they also got a seven-two center that weighs like two hundred and sixty-five pounds, and Motias Crevis. And I really like what what Tommy Lloyd has done. But adding Caleb Love as the last piece to all of that was what made me be like, okay, I'm okay with Caleb Love. Like if he was the first thing, you know, yeah. the city would be on fire. Everybody would be stressed out and be like, this is it. This is all we're getting. Because, dude. I'll tell you this, like I love, I love all of us U of A fans, but like, dude, we overreact, and I'm guilty of oh, it myself. We, man. Hey, we're right with you. We are right with <laughs> we you. We overreact like crazy. It's just sports fans, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> rational, yeah. <laughs> Indiana's going undefeated next year, and I'm gonna throw exactly. a fit yeah. the moment it's I'm proven otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> all honesty, though, how excited I haven't gotten to keep up with like a bunch of other teams and what they've added kept and and what they've lost so how do you how do you honestly view indiana next year dude i am the single most ignorant indiana fan with a podcast where i am gonna say <laughs> i i'm over the moon with the potential of this team okay and i tend to lean towards the optimism like i tend to be more optimistic with what could be um we would have to hit on three different guys like hitting their max potential and Kalel oh, okay. Ware, Ware from Oregon, like right, yeah, got him. If he can hit his potential, I mean, he's uh, projected eighth draft pick. Okay. Um, we got Mbako, who was the number eight overall recruit. If he, as a freshman, can step in and contribute in the Big Ten, which, I mean, how many freshmen truly do that? So, like, if he can hit that, which by all measure, everything we're hearing is that he is going to contribute right out the gate. Um, if Caleb Banks, who was kind of, he was kind of, uh, he didn't get too many minutes. If he hits, uh, if he can be anything reliable as far as ball handling and possession wise goes, and he can alleviate the backcourt a little, Indiana's in for a good run. Lastly, Malik Renew is going to be, he's going to be everywhere, man. I, I genuinely think the he has put on so much weight. And and of course these guys always tweet out the photo of just how and it, the lighting's perfect. Yeah. So like the best pecs, shape of my career. The pecs going have in. the <laughs> shadows under their tits. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> it's 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 just the best lighting you could have. For yeah, accent lighting. Photo. Yeah. Gym lighting. <laughs> and it's undeniable the gains he's made. And that is the one thing. The kid was a dancer down low as a freshman, just the way his footwork in the paint is unmatched. Yeah. And if he has any weight to throw around under like above that footwork, it's, it's lights out. So it, it, it will take, it, it's a, it, it'll take a lot, but uh -huh. I think Indiana can make a run. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah there's he, well, well. He's got he's got big shoes to fill. You know, filling up for Trace Jackson oh, Davis. He knows it. Like, he knows it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to say there was a there was a sixth man for Indiana last year. It might have been Banks that you were talking about that I thought was like, oh man, he's like one of their best guards because of course Jalen Hutchinson didn't play that one game um, when they played I, Arizona. I think I think Tamar Bates showed up a little bit in the Arizona. That's game. who it was. Yes, and was he Bates. is now on Missouri. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, he yeah. transferred, but he Jeez. he was a project that we're ready for the next guys to get some minutes. Uh, I get you. If we can get the same production out of somebody younger, do it. Do it. Yeah, yeah. I like Woodson as a coach too. So he's he seems to be getting these awesome recruiting classes too. So I honestly, I think you guys are in good hands with with him. I think you guys are going to be consistent and competitive for. Uh, like a while no based that, on... that's what his the whole thing about mike woodson's tenure with me is he has built on each season uh just being able to recruit trace back could you imagine uh, the yeah. do you like imagine the deals that were being offered to him when oh man it was like good nil money yeah i'm sure yeah. they were ridiculous but indiana indiana much like arizona is one of those schools that we're gonna play the game so oh, yeah. we were able to keep him. Everything worked out great. And here's hoping Malik Renew can fill his shoes this year. Yeah. No, honestly, I, I, yeah, I I think you guys are going to be good. I think you guys are going to be real solid. Yeah, I, I think we're going to be slept on out the gate. But, hey, that was Purdue last year. <laughs> so <laughs> be honest. Like, how big is that Indiana-Purdue rivalry? Dude, it's nasty. My younger nasty. brother, my younger brother is a senior <laughs> there right now at Purdue. Oh man. And I it, bet there's some trash see, talk in those It is chats. it is we I mean Arizona and Arizona State fans might know a little bit. Like some of these oh, schools yeah. don't understand that you work with your rivals. You live with your rivals in some yeah. states, in some locations and that's the case here. I feel that. I thought we were leaving little brother uh asu in the dust and we were going to the big 12 but you know what they leech on they hang on <laughs> yeah that's why that's why my my dad was just asking me like oh so if purdue makes a run like how pissed are you and i was like man they can make it decent they're not gonna make the final four they they mm -hmm. haven't made it since 1980 the cubs curse at one point was 43 <laughs> years old and <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah and then so i just tell him yeah if they have a good run that's fine like it's it's whatever but but you had the trash talk it. last year yeah man, no no that's the... what i was saying but that that was the core of it that's where i was going with it sorry i drifted on i was gonna <laughs> i was going good. to where i was i was telling him where it, it it doesn't matter where he goes as long as he doesn't get the final four because we got mm -hmm. the two we got both of the wins last year so it's Dang. it's a wash like they can say we haven't made it to the sweet 16 in how long but then again they lost to fdu so <laughs> exactly <laughs> hey and they're it's, gonna be pretty good this year yeah FDU. oh yeah yeah, yeah they're solid Pro at, at least probably good enough to beat purdue in the first round but <laughs> that's all we can hope for <laughs> everyone's everyone points to virginia they're like oh virginia did it uh, yeah okay yeah because <laughs> purdue's always done so well with hype heading into a season Hey, I know. I always, they're always one of the first, like, I, I think I had them losing, I had them losing their second game in the tournament last year, but man, did not think it was going to go the Damn. way it did. I mean, people to be honest, people though, were looking at you funny then. I know. <laughs> to be honest, last year in the tournament, I actually had Arizona losing their second game 
also because I just that's how that's the the gauge I had for the team. I was like, they're looking shaky. Like they hit their peak after Maui and then kind of came crashing back down, and then they had their peaks and their valleys. But yeah, I don't know. I it's it's for me. I can totally gauge like my school, my team when it when it matters. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> no, be, before you get out of here, I just wanted to go down the four you got for this season. Like, uh, give, give me four and give me one wild card. And I mean, regardless card? Okay. of seating, like, of course, it's going to shake out when the bracket's delivered. But who are the four you got right now? Okay. Well, I wouldn't be an irrational Arizona fan if I didn't pick Arizona. So I absolutely have to do, because bias aside, I absolutely do believe that this team is capable. Um, they've they rebuilt the team very nicely. They've got a lot of depth. Uh, they they got that athleticism and that toughness that they so desperately needed after the way they went out last year. Um, great guard rotation. The team in '97 that won it all. They had a fantastic guard rotation of numerous guys like Jason Terry, Mike Bibby, uh, Miles Simon, and I think they've got enough pieces there uh, to make it worthwhile and hopefully make a run. Um, next, I I feel like one of these years Houston is gonna break through. Um, so I got to pick them, you know, Calvin Sampson, he's just established himself as one of the oh, best coaches. Oh, we in know March. him. We know. Oh him. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, you guys we, know him. We know him. Well. Uh, us too, man. Go back a couple years ago. We got oh, yeah. housed by those guys. They, man, I compared them to like guys at LA fitness that just run the gym that just live there, you know, yeah. like that's oh, yeah. how they played. Like they just wanted it so bad. Um, but yeah, everybody talks about, you know, Izzo in March. I think if Kelvin Sampson just breaks one through, he's got to get one under his belt. And then I think we'll be calling him Mr. March, but you know, they got back Jamal shed. They added LJ crier. Who's a very stellar player at Baylor. That helps too. Um, and then for my next one, I'll probably have to do, I just feel I can't, I feel like I can't bet against bill self. So yeah, I kind of have not. to, of course not. I kind of have to go with Kansas. Like they're just, they're just the obvious choice. Like they're gonna be, they're gonna be a one seed, like they always are. They're they're set up very well. They got Hunter Dickinson, um, returned to Juan Harris, Kevin oh. McCooler, uh, KJ Adams. What's that? On Kansas, just before you say his name, Hunter Dickinson. Please, just I I have to do a favor <laughs> to you as a presenter that you can't preface it with All American. Everyone says <laughs> All American Hunter Dickinson, and I'd like to remind them that he was the fourth best center in the Big Ten last year. I would yeah. say, uh, yeah, you're right. Cliff Amori would would be third, right behind yeah. Edie and Trace Jackson Davis. I'll agree with it. I'll agree with it. You're the Big Ten insider. Yeah, I trust yeah, that. There you go. <laughs> no, but I, I was hearing people make jokes about it last year, so I totally believe you. Uh, um, but yeah, I just think I don't know. Bill Self usually finds a way. Uh, he didn't even get to coach in the tournament last year because of his health issues, and I just think. He's just one of the smartest adjusting coaches in the country. So I will pick them. So I got Arizona, Houston, Kansas. Um, and then I just can't have three dominant teams. You know, every year we're always going to have that insane, unrealistic team that just kind of makes it. And you know what? I'm picking I'm picking a, a, a random one here. Let's go St. Mary's. I think they returned a good amount i think they are competitive like crazy every year if they can just get past gonzaga and win the championship uh the conference championship against them i think that will catapult them we'll see if it happens 
Um, and then you said one that is kind of flying under yeah, the radar. Just a, just a wild card out there. Um, off the top of my head, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Oregon. They they return in Folly Dante, um, who's another sleeper for Pac-12 Player of the Year if he wants it. Um, they've got Quisenard. He's solid. Uh, he torched us. Um, they got a nice transfer from Georgia in, I think his name's like Cario Aquendo. Um, he, he was a double digit scorer in the SEC. And then um, they got Kwame Evans, who's a five star power forward that'll be on this year. Um, and they've been, they've been bad for a little bit now, but I don't know. I just think that roster is decent enough that they could do some damage as long as Dana Altman coaches them up. But I mean, they are, they're flying well below the radar. So I just, I just always think like Oregon should be better than what they are. And I don't know, I'll pick them, but yeah, no. hey, I'll give hey. you, I'll give you a, a quick little factoid here. Did you know today? is the second year anniversary of the notoriously cherished alliance by the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12. You remember that? That that piece of paper, the alliance? Oh, yeah. Signed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, We're not going to stab each oh other Oh, my in the God. Back. No, yeah, that's exactly goodbye. what happened. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> oh, what a factoid. There you go. Thanks yeah. for bringing that to the Often Daunted podcast, man. Heck I can't yeah. thank you enough for coming on. This was awesome. I, I I hope to have you on later in the season for sure. Yeah, I'll have to have I'll have to have some Big Ten knowledge from you as well. I'm overdue for that. So no, thank you, man. Hey, uh, plug your stuff. Oh, absolutely. I'm at Arizona Wildbags on anything. ArizonaWildbags.com. That's it. Tyler, you're the man. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you, Burke. I can't thank Tyler enough for hopping on to the Often Daunted podcast with me just to uh, break down what we're getting in the Pac-12 editions that we've recently purchased. Yeah, go follow them everywhere. If you want if you want to get a little West Coast flavor in your basketball <laughs> news, uh, go check out the Arizona Wild Bags podcast. And uh, we're going to get you on out of here with a Hoosier history hit. So without, yeah, here you go. <laughs> This is your Hoosier History Hit. For the Hoosier History Hit this week, I just wanted to uh, I wanted to do something to get ready for football. It's going to be an awesome game. We're going to shock the world, take down Ohio State. And I thought, you know, what could help us do that is a mascot. I'm all for bringing back a bison mascot. The mascot technology is there now, um, as it wasn't in the past. My source for this uh, Hoosier history hit is a column by uh, Will Foley for the IDS titled The Case for IU to Bring Back the Bison Mascot. IU has attempted mascots throughout the history of this school, throughout the history of athletic, you know, success on campus. Between 1908 and 1965, IU ran out there with a, uh, a golden eagle named Jim Watson, an owl, and an actual toddler. Uh, there was a fraternity bulldog named Ox. I think that's the uh, football, the sweater-wearing bulldog you see on so many tees everywhere. But uh, after all these, just, you know, people bringing them into the game, now they're the unofficial mascot. After that, the university decided in 1965 the uh, there, needed, there needed to be a, a, an official mascot to represent Indiana. 
and that was going to be the bison. The inspiration of this bison was the uh, seal of Indiana. You all know it. You've seen it. Bison jumping over a log or something, I think, while the guy's like chopping something down in the background. Initially, it wasn't going to be a guy in a suit. Uh, They wanted a live bison at first, but after realizing how much it would cost to house a bison on campus, they turned it down. So a costume was developed. Inside this costume, there were no armholes, and the costume stood upright. There were no hind legs, It was, but it was a realistic design. So it was an anthropomorphic, but very real, <laughs> real-looking bison head. And uh, it, was, it was thick fur, thick, just terrible. It, uh, there were no eye holes, so the mascot had to be pulled around by rope with a uh, cheerleader escort. <laughs> I shouldn't say escort. A cheerleader uh, chaperone. After four seasons of some poor soul just sweating his ass off in it, uh, the mascot was discontinued. It was after that that Mr. Hoosier Pride was introduced in 1979, and uh, you guys all know that one. You've seen the nightmare that is Mr. Hoosier Pride out there on the interwebs. Everyone hated him. He was a uh, knockoff Hurry Husker or whatever. It was terrible. Truly, truly haunting that Mr. Hoosier Pride was. So, I mean, after after the fans just hated that, Indiana gave up altogether, and it's just been the classy pitchfork ever since. And while, while the technology stunk back then for a bison mascot, you, we're going to make it look real. You can make it look cool now. You can, we can have an all right bison mascot. Just honestly put the sweater on him, make it look like the Knicks logo. I'm sure Knicks is fine with that. Synergy. Synergy. Will Foley in this article, he expressed how just, like, you know, the uniqueness of a bison still stands. If we don't want to be like everyone else, in all of Division One football, only three schools are rocking with a bison. And Indiana is the only one in like the top level of football, as we are in the Big Ten. So it would, the bison would become ours, because we would be the most seen bison. Just do it. It makes sense. That's all I wanted to give you for a Hoosier history hit. A little bit of history on our mascot. And uh, let's bring back the bison. Why not? Just have some fun in the football sphere. He doesn't need to make it to the basketball court. We can keep tradition tradition for basketball, for all the basketball diehards out there. But for football, just bring back a, ma- a bison mascot. Make him jacked like a Sparty. A jacked bison? Let's go. A jacked bison in a tight red sweater? Awesome. That was your Hoosier history hit. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's Often Daunted. I cannot thank you enough. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. This has been an awesome hobby I picked up. I hope each episode is getting better than the last. If you haven't, please feel free to subscribe. Uh, Feel free to leave a review. If you haven't, give me a follow on X, on Instagram, on everything at Often Daunted. Uh, Go on and check out BigBanterSports.com. I am excited to begin uh, writing again, writing a bit again. Uh, I'll be posting on there as the Indiana basketball representative for the site. And yeah, it should be fun. So all you Hoosiers out there, take it easy. Have yourself a great week. Uh, God bless you and yours. See you back here next Monday.